Welcome to Fangirl Fridays. I'm Natalie. And I'm Marin. Hi. Hi. Hello. Hello. It's Friday. It's early. It's early. I'm doing a juice cleanse. Things are happening. I'm not. I'm straight up. If you cut me open, I think just green ooze would come out. (laughs) I'm just garbage. I had Burger King for dinner. What? Yeah. Not even Arby's? Burger King. Did you have the chicken nuggets? No. What did you have? I had a Whopper Junior. Oh. In the mood. At least you're portion controlling with that ju- oh, yeah. with that Whopper Junior. I did that, and I got a water. Oh, you know you're making some smart choices. My thing with fast food is their drinks are becoming movie theater size. It's insane. The and small... I can only drink a fourth of it. It's crazy. Yeah, I don't need a whole soda. <laughs> I feel like we're... what are they trying to do? This is a Parks and Rec episode right now. Yeah. We're just sweetums right here. Um, what are you fangirling over this week? Oh, right is into it, it. Is it Santa Clarita Diet again? No. Oh. I finally watched Coco. Okay. Disney Pixar's Coco. I haven't seen it. <sighs> Marin, let me tell you. Amazing. It's beautiful. That's what I've heard. And I cried like the last 10 minutes. <gasps> the just, whole last 10 minutes? Just like, just weeped. Not like open mouth sobbing, <laughs> but I was just, uh, this is so sad and really? beautiful and nice. Uh. Is there going to be a Coco 2? I don't think so. No? It's pretty... Wrapped up. Okay. Um, I don't know what what has happened, why I have not seen it, uh, probably because I had a small child, but I can't use her an ex- as an excuse for everything. Um, and I really – is it on, Is it on uh, like, Apple? Can I rent it? Probably. How did you see it? I got it for Easter. Aww. Because I am a spoiled only child <laughs> as an adult. Whatever. Your mom sent me stuff for Easter, so I'm a she spoiled did. friend. <laughs> it's perfect. I love this arrangement. Um so what is there good music like all of those things? The music is good. Moana the story is good. Are you comparing the music to Moana? Moana, yes. Well, see Moana only had like one strong song. E- no, two. I would take that back because I, like, I love that rock song. I was like, yeah, what that rock under song. the water? Yeah. I mean, the rock song. <laughs> um but it doesn't have as many songs, mm-hmm. but the song is very important and more touching than Moana could ever be. Oh, your eyeballs, like your pupils just got like very <laughs> dilated with emotion right there. Yeah. So you're saying I need to so. watch it immediately. Yeah, you can borrow it. Oh, thank you. Um, I also just learned that Despicable Me 3 is now, I believe, on Netflix or somewhere where I can rent it. Um, as you may or may not know about me, I love the Minions and need to see this movie. Because I didn't see it because I was going to go see it on a Saturday, and newsflash, I had a baby that day instead. We were like, oh, great. I'm not Babies ruin everything, They do. They ruin everything. I was so glad I didn't buy tickets ahead. (laughs) I was going to be wasting like $36. Oh, I got a movie pass. I can't wait to use it. I don't know. Is movie pass everywhere, or is it just here? I think, is it everywhere? I don't know. I feel like I I think it is everywhere, or at least major cities. All of my friends in Los Angeles are losing their goddamn minds about movie pass. Yeah. I don't love movies enough to love movie pass. I go to a lot of movies. I spend you do. too much money at ArcLight. You so do. So I hope this changes things. And you're you're not a member, which always baffles but me. But I do love ArcLight. <laughs> the thing is, like, if I go with certain friends, I know we're still going to ArcLight, which does not accept movie pass. No. Because they know. What um, are you fangirling over? Okay. Well, first and foremost, I finished the Anna Clarita Diet as well. Oh. So you're on board now. I am totally on board with it. Charming? Is the show charming? How is a show where she's like literally eating people and ripping out their throats charming? It's because it's Drew Barrymore. Yes. And Timothy Oliphant crushing. Their rapport and then their like relationship with their daughter and Abby's relationship with Eric. Love. 
I love all of it. I think mm-hmm. it's great. I will say the second half of season two is far superior to even the first half of season two, which is far superior to season one. Yes. So, like, episodes maybe five through ten, crushed. Loved. Absolutely loved. But, like, I, I have a lot of questions about it. I was really into it. Very charming. Very funny. What I'm actually fangirling over is something you and I are both watching. You're not as far as I oh, am. Oh, I've only seen one. Okay. You're a little, like, questionable on it. Wild Wild Country. It is a docu-series on Netflix. It is about essentially, like, an Indian cult guru who moves everyone to the United States, and they they form a city, and they essentially take over a county in Oregon from 1981 to 1985. Now, true story— very fascinating. It's a Duplass Brothers production. Very interesting. Didn't know that. I have some issues with the documentary itself. Some bugaboos. Some bugaboos. First and foremost, you and I totally oh, agree with yes. this. The font. It's so off-putting. It. You said it best. You go, yes, fuck yes. I'm not watching Lincoln. Like it's literally. Yeah, it's just cursive. And it's hard like, to read. Looking cursive. Yes, and the story is very. Uh, complex. It's and then, a little hard to follow at first. Yes. And like, I'm going to be a little white girl here. You have very challenging, long Indian names. And then it's in this like scripty white font. And they leave it up for three seconds. Three seconds. And I'm like, no, this is, no, we need somebody, we need a better type font. This is horrible. And there's also some like timeline things where I think they're leaving a, a lot on the table in terms of your understanding. Other than that, the story is so freaking insane. My friend Meredith had told me about it. I'd heard about it at work. And I was just like, oh, man, this is— I know. I can't wait till it gets good because the first episode just lays a lot of groundwork. Lays a lot of groundwork. And I got bored real quick. It felt long. I will agree with you on that. And then the next couple of episodes, I'm like— Whoa, whoa, okay, whoa. good. I texted you. I was like, Jonestown and Nike are involved. Things oh, are wait. <laughs> crazy. Craziness is happening all over the place. And I love, I love a good true story. Yeah. And there's, there's a lady who is maybe a psychopath, maybe not. I don't know. I can't get a good read on her. A lot of things are happening, guys. Check it out on Netflix. Tell me what you think. Have you watched it? Am I slow? I feel like I'm maybe slow. I think it's only been out for a couple weeks. Oh, really? I think you're actually... Oh, I'm on the cusp. Yeah. I know there's only like well. 5,000 people in TV time that are following it, so I felt kind of cool. Yeah. But um, it uh, I know it also has like 96% fresh on Rotten Tomatoes. Ooh. People are loving it. Well, now I'm excited <laughs> because I wasn't ready to give up on it. Really? Lincoln font, boring. Lincoln font. But yeah. I mean, it's right up my alley, but... This I know. first episode didn't do it for me, so also, now I'm excited. I watched Lincoln on my honeymoon, just as a <laughs> FYI. We had the screener. It was We just brought it. It was a Fun. rainy day in Hawaii. Let's watch a three-hour uh, historical weird. movie. Also watched Blue Jasmine. Real, what a time. Okay. We're still married. Um, a okay. couple more things yes. before we get into oh my today's gosh. topic. Yes. One, so fangirling over this, also just giving a shout-out, Nikki... Send me a message <gasps> on Instagram. Yes. Oh my god! And it was a photo from Patty Lapel, and it's a Fabio pin. Not just Fabio, but when he got hit in the face with the bird. Thank you, Nikki, for letting me know. 
I bought it. I've already worn it. You got it so fast. Yeah. Love it so much. Do you think Patty Lapel though like knows us? Like, I think like, so because it's not the first time no. we've purchased from her. <laughs> yes, we we've made we're repeat purchasers of Patty Lapel. Um, and we got a lovely bless fan email from Heather. I texted made you my day immediately. I go, we got a fan email. I was so excited. It was very sweet. Thank you, Heather. We we love we love any sort of communication from anyone that listens to us other than our parents is so like great thanks yeah. guys love when people comment on our stuff um but yeah i also like that she was that she uses tv time i was like ah, everything coming together in one full circle <laughs> full circle so yeah some great shout outs but you really needed that fabio pen oh. you were very excited yeah legitimately very excited how did you not know i don't know maybe it just dropped i don't know <laughs> Nikki, hot on the trail. I'm always, of I'm always looking for like a good Fabio T-shirt or sweatshirt, though. So if anyone, especially if it's vintage, Ooh. if anyone, knows, what do you mean, like that. with the bloody face or just like a, I'll take a any, book cover? I think, at this point, but Ooh. bloody face, not vintage. Yeah, romance novel cover or something vintage. Yeah. Interested right. in both. Interested in both. We'll pay top dollar. Um, okay, are we ready to get into our kind of sad top today? Let's talk about death, baby. <laughs> Oh, no. Let's talk about B-I-G. <gasps> I love that. I did it. You did it. Should we just end the episode right Should now? Should I just keep going? Yeah, I think so. Uh, let's talk about all the bad things and the bad things <laughs> of the 90s. <gasps> let's talk oh my about God. death, baby. We really just did right. that. Until next week, guys. <laughs> Bye. Okay, so maybe this will be like our friend's episode, like the one with all the deaths. Yeah. Um. So 1997 brought us some great things, guys. We talked about them last week. Brought us Tamagotchis. Brought us Parappa the Rapper. Yep. Brought us Titanic. Brought us Salinas. Uh, But, you know, you can only have so many highs. You got to have some lows. And this year was a year. Yeah. Um, And this was partially why we decided to do this episode, too, because – or to do this series. Because, guys – Gianni Versace was was killed in 1997. Uh, I don't think we're going to talk about it here, really. We've Be- talked a lot about it. We've talked it. a lot about it. If you're interested in, in um, our coverage and our take on the Gianni mur- <laughs> murders, shoot on over to our People vs. Ryan Murphy, and you can just watch the assassination of Gianni Versace. We talk a lot about it there. Um, we talk about Maureen Orth's book, which is, like, all about his murder. So that's a huge-ass thing because he yes. straight up gets murdered. Yes. By a serial killer. Correct. Huge moment in pop culture history. A lot of other things are going on in 1997. Do you want me to start? Yes. Okay. This first one. One, I drive by this all the time, so it's a little... It's a, it's you always. Do. I do. It's always reminiscent. Okay. So, March 9th, 1997, Notorious B.I.G., Biggie, dies outside of the Peterson Museum... In Los Angeles. Now, the Peterson Museum is the car museum in Los Angeles. And it is oh, on... Yeah. Never knew what it was called. Really? Um, if you watch The Big Lebowski when they're uh, in the diner scene, you can actually see the Peterson kitty corner because um, there's like used to be a bunch of cars that hung off of it. They have recently redone it and it's now very cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but so there was, a, there was a, a large party at the Peterson. Things got a little crazy. Biggie leaves. Someone pulls up alongside of him, shoots into the car. He is he is murdered. Conveniently, they go to Cedars right away. Cedars, um, pretty close. Cedars Sinai Hospital is about a mile and a half away, so they like basically just like drive right there. 
Unfortunately, he dies. Life After Death, his album, is released 16 days later and hits number one on the Billboard 200. So what's crazy to me is the vast majority of the songs that people know from Biggie are released posthumously. So it's nuts. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. So this is, like, very upsetting. Obviously, this is, like, Tupac, Biggie, East Coast, West Coast, like, a lot of things going on. I definitely remember where I was when Tupac was killed because we were, I was at a sleepover. They burst into MTV. Again, MTV, Ooh. everybody. A lot happening. If you remember from our last episode, Buffy premiered the next day. Like, a lot of things going on in March of 1997. It's, it's like... Um... I'm, I'm sorry, about September 11th. Yes. Mariah Carey's oh Glitter album also came out that day. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> not, not a good day. And she blames her poor album sales on just the tragic events. Yeah. Don't do that, Mariah. No, don't do that. Um, okay. So now the second part of this is I'll Be Missing You. Uh, this song comes out May 27th, 1997. So it's Puff Daddy, who was Puff Daddy at the time, and Faith Evans, Biggie's wife. It debuts at number one, which is like the only rap song really ever to do this. And it's actually pretty rare for a song to debut Mm -hmm. at number one in general. Initially, it was like a little bit contentious, like whether or not like Sting was on board with this, like sort of, you know, because they sample... um, the police, uh, but then Sting performs with them at the 1997 uh, MTV Music Awards. I can see it in my mind's eye. Uh, also, for Sting. also this video again, Hype Williams just like crushing the 90s. It is filmed. Part of it is filmed at O'Hare, and I cannot go to O'Hare. Never in my life have I put that together. What? I've been Did to you really O'Hare not? so many times. You know the part when you yes. go down the long escalator and there's all those cool lights yes. overhead. Yeah, you're never going to uh, go to O'Hare ever the same again. You're going to think you're in a Puff I normally Daddy just video. think about Home Alone. Now I have multiple things to consider. I, you have so many things to consider. So this is now like I am very affected by this as a 14, 15-year-old. Um, so much so that I go to the No Way Out tour in Minneapolis. It's I looked it up and I remember it very distinctly. It's November 18th at the Target Center. And it Love was it. like Foxy Brown, Lil' Kim, yes. Puff Daddy, like 112. Like it was like everyone every, everyone in the family was there. I had a t-shirt. I oh, looked it up. I, I do looked, you still have it? I don't think I still have it, but I definitely had it. And I was looking up the merch and stuff. I bet it's worth so much money. <sighs> I know. I ruined it. So... Like, we go with a couple of friends. It was kind of a random group of people. And this song, it just, like, it gets in your head. Like, you know all the mm-hmm. words. It was very emotional. Um, and then, unfortunately, it then has a personal meaning. So we had a friend who was very tragically murdered in Italy. And yeah. he was with us at this concert. And our other friend, they ended up playing this song at his funeral. And so... Uh. It's just like I cannot hear the song, one, without thinking about one just being 14 and like mm-hmm. the magnitude of Biggie dying and then all the songs that come out after that um, and how – like I weirdly know a lot, almost all the lyrics to like every song on that album. And again, like guys, so white, like so grew up in such a like affluent <laughs> suburb. Like what was happening? I don't know. But it really struck me. And then having this sort of personal connection and like being able to like put myself back at that funeral, it was, it was really a time, and I think that's a testament to, you know, sort of 
uh, Biggie's like lasting power. Mm-hmm. Even even now, um, you know, on Fresh Off the Boat, they're in 1997 and they talked about Biggie dying and it. Like, my mom knew what was happening, you know what I mean? And it was just one of those things where it was, you know, he was so young. He already had, like, a very small child, um, and he was gunned down. And they, you know, those murders are unsolved, and people don't know what happened, and there's still a lot of, like, mystery and mystique around it. And the music, any of those songs, Life After Death, I would say Life After Death comes out now, it goes to number one. Like, it's so good <laughs> it's so amazing and it just it really it really affected me this it really is actually a good segue to uh one of my favorite not favorites favorite obsessions <laughs> of this year yes um so i'm eight years old i don't think i really knew the i definitely didn't know the impact of biggie dying right mm-hmm. as an eight-year-old but for me something happened and it was like on the new. It was on the news everywhere. Mm-hmm. It technically happened in '96, but all of the trial, all the news coverage happened in '97. Was Jean Benet Ramsey? So I'm obsessed with this case. Jean Benet is your OJ. Yes, Jean Benet is my OJ. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm obsessed with this case. Um, mostly in my t- like early 20s, I started to really get into it. Uh-huh. I would read about it working at my zoo kiosk, How? trying to solve it. Like, where did that come from, do you think? I don't know. Just being a creep. Um, <laughs> my zoo kiosk. We're really blowing past that. Continue. I worked in a zoo uh-huh. gift shop. Yep. Um, <laughs> Love it. So I was, like, selling visors and also reading about Jean-Benet Ramsey. <laughs> but for me, she was only, I think, a year younger than me at the time. <gasps> That's crazy. So... For me, I was registering like, oh my God, someone my age could get murdered terrifying. in this way. Yeah, terrifying. And I was actually kind of just refreshing myself on the story yesterday. <laughs> and Casual. it's amazing to me how much coverage this story got. Yeah. And I, it's really because the Ramseys had money. Yep. So Jean Benet was killed and found on Christmas Day in 1996. That, too, the Christmas aspect. And really everything about how they handled this from finding the body on is all wrong. Oh, yeah. So all of the, you know, cops in charge basically had the day off for Christmas. Mm -hmm. They had newbie cops in charge, didn't know what to do. They were, like, walking around the place before they taped it off. Jean Benet was moved by her father. Like, so much had happened. Cops in the 90s, guys. That it's already hard. To get look for clues. Yep. There's no footsteps outside the house. So, you know, immediately the family still and still remains to be the biggest suspect. suspect. Mm-hmm. Um, who do you think did it? I'm just gonna ask you right now. I'm gonna say Burke. Really? Yeah. I don't I don't know. He creeps me out. I don't know why. I, who do you think? He's so young. Yeah, but I Because he's I'm kind of in between. He's a year older than me. Okay. And JonBenet would be a year younger. Okay. Who do you think? I kind of think the mom. (gasps) Really? And I hate to think that Patsy did it because she is buried next to JonBenet Ramsey in Mm -hmm. Atlanta, Georgia, where they moved back after the murders. Yeah, they also let them move back. That's weird. So did they take her body? Did they like... She's buried in... Yeah, she's buried in Atlanta. But so how did that work? Because they were living in Boulder, right? Yeah. And that's crazy. But just 97, like... 
in January is when they were like begging to find the killer on mm-hmm. national television. Yeah. March is when they thought the ha- uh, the handwritten note was similar to Patsy's handwriting, mm-hmm. which it is, and. The ransom note asks for a very specific amount of money that was um, the dad's bonus that year, which is bizarre. Very strange. Um, And then they waited for formal interviews in April, and, like, it just kept going throughout, I think, 99. I remember, like, the creep guy, like, what was that guy's name? John Marcar. John Marcar with the high tuck. Alexis Van Rijk. With the super high tuck jeans. Yeah. <laughs> I, that's, I think that's what made my obsession, like, go off the rails. I get it. Mm-hmm. he had nothing to do with the Jean Benet case, yeah. but I was obsessed with him. Yes. And then he um, transitioned into a woman. Mm-hmm. He was Alexis Van Rijk. And for a while, there was a website you could go to where people had seen him in airports and stuff. So uh-huh. you could, like, try to track him down. <laughs> I was obsessed. Wow. But this case, like... Still open. Still, still makes headlines. Nobody knows for sure what happened. And this, for me, was like, oh, we could die at any moment. I also this ruined my life. <laughs> ruined your life. I, or made you who you are today. I also love the, it was maybe, what, a couple years ago where there were all these rumors that John Bonet was Katy Perry. Yeah. Actually started by Kelly Oxford via Twitter. Amazing. Years ago. And then it just, like, resurfaced and took the world by storm. Yeah. Kelly Oxford, also obsessed with Always Jean on Monet. the pulse, yeah. Always on the pulse. <laughs> also obsessed with Jean Monnet. I do think, though, this kind of – this was very quickly after – so you had OJ, then you had, like, Tanya Harding, then you had – it was just, like, these sort of – flashpoint moments in pop culture like crime Mm -hmm. that people were just obsessed with and the reason you could be obsessed with it is because you then had court tv you had sort of that cable news starting at the same time where you could get information about this stuff constantly and you had the rise of the internet yeah and so all of that is kind of coalescing to you know at the same time and just feeding people's mania and obsession and unfortunately jean benet is like it's probably second to, what, Jennifer Aniston as, like, the most coverage on a gossip magazine. Probably. Like, if National Enquirer, People, all of those magazines are always talking about JonBenet. Yeah, and her with that little hat and, like, that those curls. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, everyone's seen her. Everyone knows who she is. Um, okay. I'm going to switch the topic. We're going to d- deviate from death just briefly um, <laughs> because I, I, I suppose you could say that it's some death. 1997 was a real sad year for the end of television shows Uh in my life. First and foremost, a show I talk about constantly, maybe not on the podcast enough, Wings. Wings ends in 1997. How long was it on? Mm, Four or five years. Okay. Guys, if you haven't watched Wings, first of all, Tony Shalhoub's on it. It's super funny. Um, And they were just in, they were in like Nantucket, or no, not Nantucket, they were in Nova Scotia um, in a little airplane. A little, a little airport, and I loved it. It was very quirky. There were brothers. I don't know. It was just funny little characters that I really appreciated and enjoyed. Also, in 1997, but now back, Roseanne ended. <sighs> Crazy. This, this ending, though. The ending. The craziest, weirdest. Is it one of the ha- most hated finales of all time? I don't know. What are your thoughts on the fact that they just, like, blew past it in a joke? Well, they do it in Will and Grace, too. I know. And it... It bothers me. So if you don't know, Roseanne ends 
with her basically writing in a journal. Mm -hmm. And instead of Dan being alive and they won the lottery and all of that fun stuff that happened in the last season or two, he actually had a heart attack and died. Yeah. And just journaling and writing stories was Roseanne's way to work through it. Yeah. It ended on such a somber end. So somber. She's sitting on that couch. It's so sad. And they pull up like she's Mm -hmm. sitting alone in the set, and it's very depressing. It's very dark for a sitcom ending. Yeah. And then they basically do a new heart, like, where he wakes up, and it's almost like a dream sequence. And he's like, why does everyone always think I'm dead? Like, "Eh." Yeah, that's in the reboot. That's the reboot. I don't know how I feel about that. It's it's fine. I mean— how else are you going to redo it? I mean, I guess if you want John Goodman to be part of it, but yeah. I, I mean, know. for me, Roseanne probably ends before they win the lottery. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Those last two seasons pretty much have jumped the shark. Although they, for sure. I think they do go to Disney World post lottery. Ooh, fun. Yeah. No, I don't know because Dan's there when they go to Disney. Does he die pre lottery? I don't remember. <laughs> we need a Roseanne timeline. Please. Yeah, we need, we need a Roseanne timeline. Not. In the Wild Wild Country We need a timeline for every show we watch. Pretty much, yeah. Also, very sad. This one doesn't feel as sad because it re-ran a ton. Uh, Real Monsters. It wasn't on that long. It was only on for four seasons, um, 93 to 97. But I feel like they just kept rerunning them and mm-hmm. that you would still see uh, Real Monsters now. And it's it's when you have a cartoon, you don't necessarily need to have new episodes. Like, I feel like I can watch the same episode watched, 47 yeah, times. Same. Um, finally... You and I are sort of mixed on this. Married with Children ends that year as well. About time, though. It started in 87, right? Yes. 88. Mm-hmm. So it was on for 10 years. But Roseanne, it's the same show. No, it's not. No, but I mean, like, in terms of the timeline of it. Sure. Roseanne started a year after. They end the same year. You know, you know that Fox is just waiting for Modern Family to be over. So then Ed O'Neill can come thing. back. You know that that's... that's this- there's no way I will be furious if Mary with Children comes back. You know Look, it's going sh- to. I love Christine Applegate. Let yeah. me just say that. But that show is garbage. <laughs> it never evolves into anything. It's True. the same every week. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I agree with you. There, There's no way. It, but you, Unless it, they revamp the entire structure. Thing. You know it's going to come. You know they're thinking about it. You know someone is Time talking out, to them though, right now. Murphy Brown still on board for that reboot. Time in. Got back time out. <laughs> Patricia Fields is doing the costumes. I, I can't wait. It's too much. So it was a very sad year. I mean, a lot of things were a lot of things were changing in television and sort of you'd had these long term sort of family comedies and the 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 structure on TV was changing and, and you know, Friends was still obviously like King at that time. Frasier was, you know, a huge deal, Will and Grace, but like a lot a lot of things were coming to an end and it was sad. For me. What else you got? Also one of my... This, I feel like, was a watershed moment for you in your life. Yeah, this was pretty big. It was a huge deal. Okay, when you're a kid and you love comedy, you don't realize that a lot of comedians have a very dark personal Uh life. Yeah. You just don't know. You don't get it. So when Chris Farley died, it was very confusing. Mm -hmm. And I remember seeing... The photos on the cover of, like, a National Enquirer globe, because they really went hard in the 90s. Yep. No privacy. Yeah. Yeah. And it was just, like, I remember it's, like, him alone laying down on, a like, a hotel room floor. Mm-hmm. And it was very disturbing. Yeah. Did not need to see that checking out with probably, like, Hostess cupcakes at, no. at the grocery. Or while you were getting your Tamagotchi. 
was like all at the same time. So he died December 18th, 1997. He was only 33. Shocking. Shocking. He died of a drug overdose. Mm -hmm. Um, An autopsy revealed that he had died of like a mixture of cocaine and morphine. Mm, Not great. Up or downer. Not great. Um, He was found by his brother in the John Hancock Center in Chicago. Mm -hmm. Um, Also, his idol... John Belushi died at 33, also drug-related. Yeah, mm-hmm. at Chateau Marmont. Yeah. That's, how do you die at the same age? Also, 33. Like, he had made so many movies by this Beverly point. Hills Ninja was his last movie. Oh. It was released in January of 97, uh-huh. and then he hosted SNL uh, October of that year, like wow. two months before he died. So he was, like, on top. Yeah. <sighs> I will say, though, I... I do love Beverly Hills Ninja, but you, when you watch it now, knowing yeah. that he struggled, you can see he's not well really? in that movie. Like he's with, like very like bloated in the face mm, and red. Yeah, yeah. But over five hundred people attended his funeral. Oh it was wow! In Madison, Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. David Spade did not go. Interesting. It was too hard for him emotionally. Really? That's interesting. Mm-hmm. Also. Maybe man up. I don't know. I don't know. It, I don't like that phrase. Man up. It's just like. <sighs> I get it. He's your partner in crime. Like, I mean, I don't know. I just feel like you should be there I just think to it, remember like, your friend. Yeah, but everyone, I think, handles death differently. Fair. Mm-hmm. And if you're so close to that person, maybe you don't want to. Maybe you want to remember them alive and not see their body in a casket. That's fair. Do we know, was he buried? Was he cremated? Do we know anything? That's so awful. I just remember, it was huge news. And particularly, like, I was in that point where all of those money, all of those movies were, like, the funniest movies in the world. Like, I mean, I was watching them. I didn't get all the jokes, but that's what I was watching. Right. Even him and Billy Madison is super funny. (laughs) The best. bus driver. Like, it's great. And Wayne's World, too. Oh, my gosh. And Wayne's World. Yeah, and Wayne's World. Um, But really Wayne's World, too. And just, you know, all the Saturday Night Live, I love the um, sketch with Patrick Swayze when they're (laughs) practicing to be Chippendales or whatever. that was... For me, a huge era of SNL because I was watching it every day on Comedy Central after school. Uh That was kind of like a revamp, a revitalized SNL, like that sort of era. Because there's Mm -hmm. some downtimes for SNL. It almost got canceled in the mid-80s, like early to mid-80s. Right. And then you you get, you know, sort of that cast and then into like the Will Ferrell and, you know, all that stuff. It was just gold forever. R.I.P. All right. Such a bummer. Last one. We have to end. Probably the biggest one. Probably... You could argue... I mean, not for me, personally. No, but I'll, I'll get into some numbers here. So, August 31st, 1997, Princess Diana dies in Paris. She was 36. Ugh. That fucked me up. I was like, what? First of all, she seemed so regal, mm-hmm. adult. She had two teenage children. Then you remember she got married at 19. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Charles was like 31. Anyway, so for those of you that don't know, uh, the story was always that they were fleeing the paparazzi in Paris. They were being chased. Um, They crashed into a pillar of a bridge going 65 miles an hour. So the media sort of blamed the behavior of the paparazzi who were following the car um, on the death. But 
there was a, a, a French investigation. And in 1999, they found that the crash was caused by Henri Paul, who was the driver. He lost control of the Mercedes at a high speed, and he was intoxicated. And he was under Ooh. the effects of prescription drugs. Drugs, um, And he, this guy, Henri, was the head of security for the Hotel Ritz, which was owned by um, Dodi Fayed's father, uh, Mohammed Fayed, I believe is his name. Um, and I guess like his inebriation could have been made worse because he had some antidepressants and some traces of antipsychotics in his bloodstream. Um, and so the investigation concluded that the paparazzi was not close enough to the car. Mm -hmm. And actually what happens is the paparazzi are the first people to help. So they're far enough behind that they slow down once, you know, to get to the crash scene and the paparazzi are, they're like pulling them out of the cars. She's still alive. I didn't remember this. She is still alive. Seems actually pretty okay. Gets rushed to the hospital and dies roughly four hours later. Um, Essentially her heart had like dislodged and moved into a different location. Whoa. Yeah. It's not great. What? So the, this is obviously incredibly shocking. She at this point was already divorced from Charles. So she's Mm -hmm. lost her royal status. So therefore, the protocol from the royal family is very specific, and they are then very harshly criticized for how they respond to her death um, in almost kind of an unemotional way. But that's the protocol, I guess, because she's not a royal figure. Like, it would be different if she was still married or even if they were going through the divorce. Um, So one million bouquets of flowers were left at her home. It was five feet deep of flowers the the bottom layer started to decompose this is insane it's insane um the funeral was watched by 2.5 billion people so essentially at that point half of the world's population tuned in to watch um during the four weeks following her funeral, mm-hmm. the suicide rate in England and Wales jumped by 17 percent, and cases of deliberate harm rose by 45 percent. This is crazy. Yeah. So, I remember very so. So, my family and I we lived in England. Uh, we were there a lot between let's say 93 and 97. So, mm-hmm. my dad was the business director for the Channel Tunnel project, which means he sort of liaised between the banks and the engineers who created the channel. Um, and I so, love he, that channel. Love that channel. He was there a lot. He was one of the first people to go in it. We lived. My mom and I lived there for a little over a year. I went to school there. So and I had always really been invested in sort of the royal family, mostly because William is like two months older than me. Oh, and so fun. they, you know, my mom and Princess Diana were pregnant at the same time. Like it was like very much it was a thing yeah. in the eighties, and then it kind of you know got transferred to me. My dad and Charles are the same age. Like it was a whole thing. Um, and so I remember very specifically where I was. We had gone to a baseball game, went and dropped off my friend. My friend's mom comes running out of mm-hmm. the house to tell us that she had been killed and it was my whole family was like in complete shock and it was one of those things where it's like you've never met her yeah you know they're not even american there's nothing but it was she had this power and she still does much to your point of jean Monnet. like she's still on tabloid covers and Mm -hmm. every single story about you know kate and william is like what would diana have thought kate has her ring like they're so first of all diana i think would have loved kate I think so, too. Maybe not Megan. I'm very interested to know what she would have thought of <laughs> Megan. Um, only because I've heard some... I don't think the wedding would be happening I've if... only heard some nothing. If Diana had said not nice things. Um, but 
So then, very similar to the biggie, um, I'll Be Missing You, Elton John. Here we go. Elton John had a year, guys. Oh, let's backtrack here. So Versace three dies. Months, three months prior. Not even. No. July 25th. Yes. Okay. A little bit prior. <laughs> yeah, a month before Versace, Versace dies. Versace dies. Elton John goes to this funeral. Mm-hmm. He's devastated. Devastated. Princess Diana is there as well. Yeah. You can see the actual footage. It was broadcast. Um, so Versace's partner um, basically gets kicked out of the house of Versace mm-hmm. and moves in with Elton John and his boyfriend. Mm-hmm. During this time, Diana is killed. Yep. So Elton John's lost two very close people to him. Very dear friends. Has to sing songs and... Antonio is just there and just in there. the mix of all of it. All coming together. And even crazier, and, and I think that this is right, when Versace was murdered, he had the Vanity Fair magazine with the Mario Tessino photos yeah, Diana. of Diana. Because he like wanted to read the Vanity Fair article. It's too so sad. So 1997 was really hard for Elton John. Yeah, so Candle in the Wind, he plays it at her funeral. The original version is um, dedicated to Marilyn Monroe. He tweaks it um, to fit Diana. It is the number one song ever. Uh, number one single. And he has never sung it again. He, he won't. Um, and I believe a vast majority of the proceeds of that song went to um, all of Diana's charities. Um, but devastating. The world was devastated. And they call her the people's princess, and that sounds, you know, sort of fun and cute. But she really was. Like, she she was different than, than what she was supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what was so endearing. And, you know, for so long, the royals were very sort of standoffish and, you know, kind of behind closed doors. And she was out there with, you know, AIDS victims and, you know, poor people and like actually embracing people and you have all those great photos of her taking the boys to Disney World and like she was very real and she wanted um, to be approachable and she wanted to sort of move the royal family forward and I think that her legacy still still exists today. Very much so. I I did not I was not a big Diana kid. I don't Mm -hmm. know we weren't very into the royal family Mm -hmm. Um, but I do remember when this happened and seeing the car crash footage specifically and then i remember parts of the funeral yeah i don't know like where i was when it happened when where i was when i watched it i just like have flashes of those things totally and again you know all of this stuff is aided by the rise of the internet because then you have the ability almost every major news outlet at this point had a website and so you know the ability to get news out quickly and Mm -hmm. for it to be constant I think really fueled all of these stories um, because you know typically it would have just been like a headline in a newspaper um, but with the internet and you know cable news you had the ability for it to be on constantly. You did it. Also, guys, I cried when I read the Wikipedia page. I just was like, it was so, it just, the fact that she was 36 really messed me up. I was just, that was crazy to me. And she she had her whole life again. You know, she'd lived this, yeah. this life and she got divorced and it's like, you're 35. You have literally your whole life ahead of you. And then no. So sad. What a bummer. What episode. a bummer. <sighs> guys, we're so sorry. Yeah. In 97, you know, we got to be fair to the. The historical accuracy of the year. There were some great things, and there were some not great things. I mean, it was an amazing year. It was an amazing year. Good and bad. Good and bad. If you look at it 
like from pop culture standards. Totally. And, you know, don't worry, guys. We're not going to end on this bummer note. No. We're going to end on weird stuff. Weird stuff. Some crazy things happened in 97, too, that were also very fun pop culture moments. Yeah. So before we get to that, though, next week, guys, what did you think about this? Were you affected more by princess diana's death than chris farley's do you know what happened to jean benet ramsey oh my god please tell please us call our tip line <laughs> we just like give out your pri- your personal number <laughs> um you can email us at hellofangirls at gmail.com um much like heather did thank you or you can find us on social instagram facebook twitter all the places we're there we're there so until next friday guys bye, bye.